The following is a paid program. The views expressed are not necessarily those of the management or ownership of KSTPAM 1500 ESPN. The following is a presentation of Cover Your Assets and is offered by Rooker Financial Coaching and Consulting. You're trying to build your income, your business, your life. Challenges are all around you. It seems so overwhelming. People are depending on you. Who do you listen to? Where can you go to find honest, useful information? Todd Rooker. For decades, Todd Rooker has been teaching professional education to attorneys, CPAs, bankers, and financial advisors. Rooker Financial Consulting offers advice and coaching to consumers, business owners, and financial professionals on every topic imaginable. If you truly want to succeed, sit back and find out how to cover and build your assets. Here's nationally renowned speaker and expert getting you on the path to financial strength and wealth, Todd Rooker. Welcome, everybody. Uh, another episode to uh, Village Bank Radio, last Saturday of every month. Uh, this is a tremendous opportunity for those of you who are in business to listen to real, on-the-ground, solid information as to how you can grow and build your business. Village Bank is a community bank for entrepreneurs, built by entrepreneurs, and you can check it out at hashtag WYT, uh, where you're there. We'll get you there. For more information on how you can help grow your, or how we can help grow your business, please visit our website at www.villagebankonline.bank. I'll say that again, www.villagebankonline.bank. So, recently in the past, and you can check out all of our podcasts, we've covered exciting topics ranging from growing your business through financing, discovering what stage of entrepreneurship you happen to be in, and beating the competition. You can listen again to all of those past recorded uh, podcasts. They are the ones that are the last Saturday of each month. I think you're going to find them incredibly useful. I, we really enjoy doing them. And if you have questions that we have not addressed yet, we want you to know uh, that we are here to answer those questions. You can send them to us. So if you got things that are keeping you up at night, questions, concerns, keeping you staring at that ceiling, wondering, hey, just shoot us an email. Uh, you can find us on LinkedIn or Facebook. And of course, you can just go to Village Bank and find somebody there to talk with as well. Uh, today's show is about creating a succession plan. So Alicia Webb, who is the president of Village Bank, is uh, joining me each last Saturday of every month. I am honored to have her. Welcome, Alicia. Thank you, Todd. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing really good, but... I got more, but I'll leave that for another time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good. That's another show. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, creating a succession plan is a bit like wills and trusts in that people don't really spend much time thinking about it. It is shocking to me the number of business owners who are not looking to build a business for sale. And so that's a whole topic unto itself. They are, they are looking at a business as a lifetime endeavor. And many times there's another generation that they would like to see take over that business that they've spent their blood, sweat and tears building, mm-hmm. but they have no plan whatsoever, even mm-hmm. though they happen to be in their fifties or sixties. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's amazing to me. And I think that's what really makes this such a great topic. Uh, there are many reasons why you may want to sell your business. However, be sure you're selling for the right reasons. And And what might the right reasons be? What would be a good reason to sell the business? Well, can you run it? Can you continue to run it? Are you a guy that starts stuff and or are you a guy that manages, right? Those are two very, very different tasks. Um, Are you still interested in the industry? Do you want to start something new? Do you have management that wants to buy it? Do you have kids that want to come into the company? 
do they have the capital, the wherewithal to do that, right? There's a lot of different pieces. And so in my mind, it's it's not as easy as saying, hmm, am I going to sell the business? You know, that's A, that's one. But now there's a lot of different steps that follow up with that. And, you know, sometimes it's not being courageous enough to take that leap to sell, but it's actually being calculated enough to step back and say what's step one what's step two and what's step three so you can actually have a successful exit from the business i mean i'll be honest just uh last week one of my very favorite clients um i gosh probably almost 20 years together and i still remember the first day they walked into the bank after i had been calling on them for a while they have been trying to sell their business for a while about eight years ago they had someone come in to, um, co- there's three owners today. They had a manager come in and he wanted to purchase the business, buy into the business. Problem was he didn't have the credit to do it back then. So, uh, we, I talked and talked with one of the managing partners about, well, these are the steps he has to take to build his credit. You know, yeah, we'll put him on his guarantor. You can give him a little sweat equity. But at the end of the end of the day, he doesn't have the wherewithal to buy it. Eight years later, they're selling the business to someone else because this guy couldn't get his credit together to purchase the business. And, you know, we just, last week we were talking about it, I said, how long has it been? He said, eight years. So imagine if we would have done this differently eight years ago, because it's, it's a sad story, Todd. This, this gentleman has worked there, blood, sweat, and tears, and he really should be buying the business, but he never got his personal financials together in order to, to have the credit to purchase the business. He kept making, he kept buying the boat, rather than putting money into the business or paying off debt and increasing his credit score. It's such an interesting thing how many how many people really don't understand what it takes to buy or sell a business. Mm-hmm. But you know, folks, if you are a business owner, I'm going to say this and if it if it comes to you and a little bit surprising or maybe just not something you put a lot of thought into, I'm going to make this point that I think is important. When you build a business, one of the things that you have is that in addition to your earned income, everybody's got that. Your employees have that. But for you as a business owner, you're being paid for your earned income all along, or at least mm-hmm. presumably we would think so. But what you also have additionally is you have a, a a business, another asset that has intrinsic value unto itself that enables you with the same type of earned time income that you're making like everyone else, you now have another asset to sell. That should be a thought to you from the day that you begin building the business, and often it is not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and I think it's also, you know, the one other um, kind of issue that I run into, I'm just thinking of a client that we're talking to right now that's selling his businesses. Um, when you start a business, you're at point A. And you do all these things to get the business off the ground, and you're very tenacious, and you're that entrepreneur who says blood, sweat, and tears. You can't necessarily expect that of the next generation. I'm not saying they shouldn't earn it. I'm not saying that they shouldn't work their butts off as well. What I'm saying is, is that there's always going to be a different way that they're going to run that business, right? For oftentimes we see that entrepreneur, you know, starter of the company, they're, you know, 8 a.m. until 10 p.m., do Saturday, Sunday, everything. That's great, but you're the Cadillac symbol on the car. Now that we're going to sell the car, right? And so who's going to come in and professionalize that business? How's that next person saying, I'm going to take it from 10 million of revenue to 30 million of revenue? There's not just one guy doing it all anymore. There's not just one gal. It can't be or it won't get to 30 million and it won't, it won't, it won't scale and it won't maintain. 
And I think like I've seen that be just such a struggle as I work with different families to say, yep, dad, I know you did this, but like now there's going to be three kids and they've got to do all of this plus support themselves, not just one family anymore. But now we're talking about three families. Plus you went from 15 employees to 75 employees. So it's like, how do you continue to scale? And you got to change that mind, that mind shift for this is the way one person did it. How are three people going to make decisions now? How are they going to do it differently? And be open to that. You know, like, oh, <laughs> be open to that because it is different. Technology is different. Um, financial, the way you draw, the way you get business is different. Think social media, right? The way you recruit is different. Product lines are different. I mean, how do you get inventory today, right? It's different. So how do you be open mind and you plan? It's I, I, I listen to this and I just am chuckling to myself every step of the way. This is why I'm so down on partnerships, folks. If there's two cooks in the kitchen, there's one too many. Uh, it it is a, it is a challenge. Mm-hmm. It is, and you know the thing the thing also reminds me that the the explanation or the story you drew out reminds me of why real estate investors often last very little time. In fact, the average is only two years because many times they're buying a home, living in it, putting their love into it, stenciling the kitchen and doing all these things that are Mm. heartfelt things. And then forgive me, but the tenants come in and wreck everything. And they're so emotionally destroyed Mm -hmm. that they, that they have to get out. Well, when you, when you think about a business, that person who built the business oftentimes is a practitioner in that business, and it's all about the quality. It's all about the 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 service, and all those things are not unimportant. But when you take a business to another level, and that's what you expect that person wants to do, well, then it becomes a different thing, which is different than what you, dad, or mom started with. And you might have a hard time with that. Mm-hmm. But you know, when when the second generation comes in, I'm always impressed by second and third generation businesses because surviving that is almost miraculous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you see that happen, you almost always see a second or third generation business owner be more successful in terms of volume and business growth than the first generation was. Because sadly, a lot of times being a practitioner is actually something that holds the business back because you're not looking at the metrics and the growth and the financing Mm -hmm. of expansion. Mm -hmm. And so even though that new generation wants to do that differently, it might be a very, very good thing. And it is time to step away. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, what's the strategy going to be going forward and getting everyone aligned around that, you know, at our village? It's around what are our village values and how are we going to, you know, focus on a on a strategy that's a little bold. I mean, that's what entrepreneurs are. We want to be bold. We want to help 10,000 entrepreneurs. And so it's like, how do you find something that everyone can grasp onto? Because I love a good number. You know, I love a good debt service coverage or ROE or whatever you want it to be. But motivating a team around an ROE is kind of tough sometimes. Right. And so. It's how do you find something that aligns with those values that everyone can get on board with, whether it's the you know guy at the front desk or it's the guy at you know at the welding machine in the back, it's the sales lady out in the it, you know bringing on new clients. It's find something that's heartfelt, find something that's bold and almost feels impossible to do. That's that's one strategy that we've seen work, and we're watching businesses do it, and we're watching you know we're we're doing it at Village Banks. And how do we help ten thousand entrepreneurs? How do we help them get there? Well, it, it, it is uh, very important to understand, folks, in the first place, is your business a saleable asset? Um, 
getting people to see something bigger than themselves so that they are tuned in and a part of that growth and, and really are emotional and passionate about it. It's a very powerful thing. And you as a business owner, you need to engender that in, in your people. But you also must understand, is your business a saleable business? You know, you, you have to recognize that not all businesses are saleable. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've got a term which is a little crass. I say keep, uh, cheaper to keeper. And part of the reason is because you make so much more money keeping the business than what you're going to get in a sale and what those dollars in the form of an asset will produce for you in income. Mm-hmm. So you really do have to be conscious of that. But nevertheless, if your business is saleable, Mm -hmm. what are the metrics? What are the metrics that are used to determine its value? And how does someone come about that, that understanding, Alicia? Mm -hmm. Well, there's, you can get appraisals of the business. You know, you can look at industry standards. So go to your banker and say, Hey, could you pull up what the industry standards are for my size business, my NISA code, et cetera. But managing that performance and that health of business and having some key indicators and how you're going to do that, that produces organization um, alignment. And that's so important. So we look at our talent, like our villages, do our ta- does our talent match our values? If our talent matches the values, we've got a talent win there. Our culture, it goes beyond just getting my employees to hit their numbers. But how do we make sure we have engagement, right? How are we showing opportunity? How are we listening to our villagers on where do they want to go and what they want to do? And that is then what's driving that management performance and that man- health of our balance sheet and our income statement. All right, I'm going to take you back. NISA code, it's another one of these things we throw yeah, out and so, nobody has a clue what we're talking exactly. about. Exactly. So at any, so when your accountant is filing your taxes and doing your taxes for you, if you're a manufacturer, there's a NISA code there. And then under manufacturing, are you aero, are, are you, uh, engineering? Are you aerodynamics? Are you, you know, coding, <laughs> welding? Are you, what kind of manufacturer are you? So we can get really nitty gritty down there. So all you do is you look at the top of your, I believe it's top of your tax turn in the corner and you'll see there's a little code there and that's what you're in, and it's N-A-S-I-C I believe and or C-I-S C-I-C-C-I-S and just Google that and you'll find it and you can very easily find um, what yours is but what we do there's all these different data ba- databases that banks um, can subscribe to and through there we can look at um what the average is for the Midwest, what the average is for your size business, your how many employees, you know, what should the ROE be, the ROA be, what should the average in, net income be over the last X amount of years. And again, remember, there's always a story behind your business. There's a story behind everyone's business. So it doesn't have to be tit for tat, but what it allows you to do is start to see trends, right? What are the trends? And you can see where you're aligned with. So for instance, if your goal is to get to, you know, move from 100 million to 200 million in revenue, look at the 200 million as well and say, okay, what What's this gap and where I see trends and businesses at 100 million and 200 million in revenue doing? What does that tell me? Like their employees aren't doubling. Uh, how much are they spending on equipment? What kind of debt structure do they have? You know, there's pieces to look at. What, how many lines of revenue do they have? Like there's so many pieces. How do you morph your business into that larger business? Yes, because one thing is, is if you're 100 today and you want to be 200 tomorrow, look at the 200 numbers. How do you get there? 
100, don't keep looking backwards. You got to look forward. So I, and I would say today more, just as importantly as that culture and that talent alignment as well, making sure they align and they want to get there too. Simply ask, I mean, do you want to get to 200 million in revenue? So when a lot of people go and look at a business, um, to buy as an investment, you must understand that they don't want to necessarily become practitioners in your business. So if you're a business owner and the first time is is going to be post this show, going to see somebody maybe who is a business broker, who gives you an assessment, a valuation, and tells you what what you know what the desired uh, demand versus uh, the businesses like yours that are available, and tells you what that business is worth. More often than not, it's going to depress you. <laughs> it's going to be a number that does not twinkle your toes. And all I can say to that is, do you want to find that out after you're 60 years old, or should you find that out early in the business and its growth? Because remember that as you grow the business, I love to say that you must become a financial person. And what that means more than anything else is to look at your business in the way that other financial people look at it to determine its capacity to qualify for loans and financing to expand and grow that business. Well, remember that when a bank is lending you money, they're also looking at the value of your business because it becomes a part of the collateral that they're financing. And so you need to know these things, not just be good at the business and its work, but how does the financing work? And it's it's not something you figure th- figure out 30 years later. You figure it out right now. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a break, and we will be right back with Alicia Webb from Village Bank. You can check her out, check the bank out at www.villagebankonline.bank, or you can go to hashtag W-Y-T, that's where, where's your there, and check out all the information that we review and, and go through regularly. Again, also want to tell you about the podcast master classes, just like this one on how you're being looked at from a banking perspective and how to build and grow your business to get you where you want to be. We'll be right back. Does your sump pump run constantly? Do you want to ensure that you never have a damp, musty smelling basement? These issues are caused by water coming off your roof, draining into your basement. Gutters can resolve these problems. William Foss is the owner of Seamless Solutions. He is honest and trustworthy. He is simply the best. If you need gutters or leaf covers, he is the guy to call. You can call him at 612-834-0664 or go to his website, SeamlessSolutionsMN.com. Are you looking for a bank that supports entrepreneurs like you? If you're searching for a bank to grow with you and your business, I would like to welcome you to our village, Village Bank. Hi, I'm Alicia Webb, President and Vice Chair of Village Bank. I'm honored to lead Village Bank, an entrepreneur's bank that was built by an entrepreneur and for entrepreneurs. Starting a business and then maintaining it requires mindset. It's important for business owners to realize that financial statements aren't just for their bankers and accountants. Knowing your numbers will help build the foundation for you and a healthy and successful business. You don't have to be a financial expert nor a banker, but you do need to understand a few key financial documents and metrics to make your business successful. Follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn or visit us at villagebankonline.com. It takes a village to accomplish your business goals. And be sure to tune in to cover your assets the last Saturday of every month to fill your entrepreneurial cup of ambition and start your Saturday off right with me, Alicia Webb, and our village, Village Bank. Fix Auto has been the collision repair leader in the Twin Cities for over 40 years. Hi, I'm Matt Feehan, second generation owner. 
Our mission at Fix Auto is to provide you with the simplest collision repair experience anywhere. If you're in an accident and you need help, my team is here and ready for you. You can find us on the web at fixautousa.com. That's fixautousa.com. We are Fix Auto, home of the wow experience. He can lift a bus straight over his head. He can fly around the world in seconds. And he has the power to regenerate entire limbs. Okay, so Jason Walgrave isn't actually a superhero. But once you visit his website to find out what he knows about real estate, you may start to think he's superhuman. That's because at JasonWalgrave.com, you'll find absolutely anything you need to know about real estate in the Twin Cities. Whether you're looking to buy or sell your home, check out JasonWalgrave.com, the number one place for all your real estate questions. Finding a good banker and CPA are like having a good doctor or mechanic. You cannot fully appreciate the value they represent until you're in a pinch and truly need them. However, that's not the time to go looking for one. Instead, you want to position and strategize well in advance for a favorable outcome. CPA Arliss Cleveland of Arliss Cleveland LTD is the CPA firm you've been looking for. As many of you already know, if you're looking for a great CPA, Arliss Cleveland gets my highest endorsement. Arliss Cleveland LTD has now formed a strategic relationship with Village Bank, conveniently located in the Village Bank building, located at 9298 Central Avenue North, Suite 412 Blaine, Minnesota. You can also find Arliss Cleveland LTD certified public accountants and consultants by going to accountingoffices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. That contact information again accounting-offices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639 you're listening to cover your assets with todd rooker and welcome back everybody wow no music what happened i'm lost i'm lost i'm like swimming here so we were talking uh, leading up to the break uh, about the things that that you need to you need to consider, and that being that consider by selling your business long before you want to sell it, and positioning, uh, which is really summarizing what we're talking about. So imagine that as Alicia talked about, okay, it's this size today, I want it to be this size in the future, and I said morph, which is to say, how does a business look? that has that value and how can I over the next X number of years morph my business into that where in the financials will mirror that same situation of that larger saleable business that I'm looking to garner as a number when I when I retire or when I when I go to sell. So that's uh, positioning is such a big thing. I mean I I say in my classes does the average person know all the underwriting standards? They know the time and employment, not just the credit score. Everybody knows that. What is the debt to income ratio you're carrying? How much, how much capacity do you have to qualify for a loan, principal, interest, taxes, and insurance? Do they know that and they're positioning that two years in advance? Or do they simply go to the bank or the, or the mortgage broker, dump the crap on the desk and say, can I close in 30 days? Which one is it? The first or the second? And ironically, it's not all that dissimilar for business owners. Not at all. No, not. Not at all. I mean, we talked about organization alignment, but now it's okay. So, just like you said, if you need a loan, what's the banker going to need for you to get the loan? If you want to sell your business, what does the buyer need your business How to are you look, look like? Right? Exactly How are you look? to buy it. So, you got your team in place now, but what about the processes? Right? Like, are all the processes documented and followed by all? It sounds so simple, but if you walk out the door and buy a boat and go to your cabin, and you know, off in the sunset. 
What happens? So you got to make sure you have processes. You got to make sure that you mobilize the leaders that are still going to be there when you walk out the door so they know how to run the business, that they're already used to hitting all these goals and these measures that you've promised to that new buyer. That's important. So I would say go use your network. Go out and I, I had mentioned buy an accountant a beer. Don't buy an accountant a beer. Pay an accountant to tell you exactly what businesses look like that are selling today and what he sees in your business. What does your business need to be saleable, right? What do you have to get on the balance sheet or income statement? What do you have to get off? So you and I talked about, hey, if you didn't take salary because you're you know putting money into equipment this year, put the company owes you $30,000, O2 owner, Todd, $30,000 on the balance sheet because that's real. Um, if you're you know filling up all your kid's car with gas money from the company, the company credit card, stop doing that because that's <laughs> not a real expense. That's cash flow that you should be paid for, right? There's all these little things that you have to start to resolve through and you have to get right so the company you can show the true exp- the true cash Absolutely. flow of the company. And people think they're minor things, Alicia. They add up but, but fast. But when somebody goes to buy your business, remember something. Nobody want, First, number one, businesses either go up or down. They don't stay the same. Mm-hmm. So anybody who buys a business doesn't mm-hmm. want to buy a job where the business stays the same. They want to grow it. Well, they know that when they take your, your uh, books to the bank, it's a mess, mm-hmm. and the bank mm-hmm. is going to have a big problem with it, and they're not going to be able to get the expansion loans that they need to be able to grow and build that business. So you have to be conscious that all these little things that you think are minor, they're not minor. No, let's talk two different conversations. So Todd wants to buy my business. I could first say, well, you know, let me highlight all the stuff that's not real on here. You know, I'm spending money here, I shouldn't, and I do this, and I do, let me fix it. Oh, and the company actually owes me three hundred grand. Or I could say, hey, I've been thinking about selling my company for the last three years. So what I did is I've really separated out my personal and professional. I can tell you, uh, year three this year, this is our true cash flow. Uh, year one and two, I you can see here we've taken some line items of the true cash flow of the company. Um, the company no longer owes me anything. This is the cost of selling four times, two times revenue, etc. So you're having this professional conversation where you don't need to explain anything. You can simply share an appraisal on your business that is accurate and reflects the current financials without having to highlight or take anything out. Or, you know, so I think I'm going to sell. I mean, if someone, someone just takes stuff out, I'm thinking, are you ready? Are you going to let go? What else, What other surprises don't you know yet? Because they're just second nature. <laughs> Imagine you. what you just said. Imagine somebody is buying the business and then, oh, by the way, you forgot to illustrate in, in, in the minutes that you borrowed the business or it owes you $300,000 and there's a half a million dollars in the operating account. And oh, by the way, I'm owed 300 of that. Yes. <laughs> and so now again, business owners, that's something you can no- negotiate. Like I get the 500 cash in the but you have to negotiate that. Well, it right? changes like, the so profitability and everything. You know? And keep in mind, we're always thinking that no matter if you have a founder or you have someone that is their CEO, president, or like top salesperson, you're leaving. We're always going to say, hey, you know, cut revenue by 30%, cut revenue by 20%. Let's take a look at the, the receivables list. Stress test. Like, are there any best friends, you know, twins, yep. tickets holders that we're sharing here? Because there's always going to be something. So you don't want them to continue to discount the business. Right. Based which on is, sloppy which financials. Is huge, Alicia, because, because in some instances, 
folks, if you want to look at it this way, your business may only be worth what the bank is willing to lend yes. on it. So you can, you can have all the formulas you want. You can spend time learning and understanding EBITDA. But here's the reality. If the bank won't lend money on those things, that means you're going to have to be an owner financer. Mm-hmm. And, and do you want to come back into the business 10 years later when it's a fraction of what it was 10 years older in your life's trajectory with a business that's floundering because you financed it and you didn't get, to, you didn't get out. They stayed in. You had to deal with their success, which didn't happen. And now you're in big trouble. Mm-hmm, oh, and they never paid you either, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of different ways. You know, I, we've done a lot of earnouts recently where there's going to be like a three year um, contract there where the previous owner is going to get earned out based on revenue staying the same, based on some critical financial components staying the same. That can also be an opportunity, right? That, that, that's an opportunity to say, yeah, my business is solid. Here you go. This is what it's going to look like because you have a team that's engaged. They're aligned. They, you have looked at, um, processes. Those are in place because you took the last three years to put everything in place. And so there's a, because sometimes when you do the earnouts, you can actually earn more. If you have your business running, all the stakeholders are connected. The purpose is there. So I would, it's worth money. Imagine this. Here's another, here's another contrarian point though of that. How in the world, as an earnout, which means you're basically paying for the business over time, that means that you're paying as much or more than the big salary that the previous owner was was earning. Mm-hmm. And you, as the new business owner, also want to get paid that big salary, but only one of you is actually working. Unless you're expanding the business and growing the business, how in the world is that ever going to happen? I agree. I mean, it's prioritizing, it's building resilience ahead of that sale, right? You have to build that resilience in the company ahead of that sale so that transaction can actually happen down the road. So, uh, you know, you brought up the, the story about the gentleman who wanted to buy the business from mm-hmm. the from the partners, mm-hmm. and it took him eight years. I'll submit to you that that eight years was a wonderful catalyst that gave them the time to look at their business differently and position it for that inevitable sale eight years later. Mm -hmm. Think about yourself Mm -hmm. in that same position. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, this is a great... And and remember, it can reinvigorate, re-energize you. Now you've got a goal. You say you want to get out in five years, you write a business plan for five years to morph it into that bigger business. And now you've learned all the metrics that determine the value of that business and who the likely purchaser of that business will be and now you'll actually be able to have it prepared mm-hmm. and and what did I call it positioned for sale. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, spot on. I don't even have anything else to say <laughs> on that. You've got to take that. I mean, this is this could be the conversation on anything. You want to buy rental properties? Okay, what's your plan? How are you going to position yourself? You want to grow the business? Which plan? How are you going to position yourself? You want to shrink the business? You want to move the business? You want to sell the business? It doesn't 100%. matter. Like. Throw business out the window. What's your plan for your life? Right. Like, what are you doing every day, right? And that's that's where it's this, this can apply to anything in life. And so, how are you planning? For are you what's preparing next? to plan? And how are you preparing? How are you getting ready for whatever is coming? You and I talk about this a lot. I mean, guess what? We've been talking. Rates are going up. PPP is going away. Like, name it. It's all happening, guys. So how are you planning for that? Like, there's no more making excuses. That's it. Everything's a cycle. Whatever goes up, 
comes down. Yeah, and the, right? and the, and the world is back, guys. 20 and 21 were mm-hmm. anomalies. Anybody who mm-hmm. looks back at those years knows wh- that they may not necessarily in any way be indicative of what is real today. Absolutely. I mean, I will say this. COVID, no longer an excuse. Not at all, right? Stay home until you're not contagious. Get better. But, like, world's still turning, right? Also, I mean, speed. Speed. There's a new level of speed in all businesses today because of what happened before. We all had to get it together. We all had to deal with the pandemic and we all had to perform. And so now there's a new level of expectation, right? So no longer is it about technology or people in relate. It's relationships running alongside technology. And so as you're looking at your business moving forward, whether it's for sale, whether it's to grow, you've got to be thinking about these things. It's just, it's, it, there's no excuses anymore. Yep. We, and, and for those of you who did get loans, a lot of folks got distressed loans. And I said to the, the clients who came to me, if you don't know what you're going to do with the money to make more money with that resource, mm-hmm. don't take the money. But a lot of people did. And all it did was subsidize and sustain them over a period of time. And they're in worse shape than they were when all this stuff started. You got to be conscious of how you're going to grow, build your business and position it for sale. Business succession is a plan to do that. Let's take another break. We'll be right back with Alicia Webb from Village Bank. Remember, www.villagebankonline.bank. We'll be right back. Hey, are you considering something exceptional to set your home apart and highlight its curb appeal? How about the rich look of custom copper gutters? Copper gutters are not only beautiful, they also offer timeless durability. William Foss with Gutter Solutions installed my beautiful copper gutters. I get compliments every day. If you're looking for extraordinary craftsmanship and would like to consider something truly special, call him at 612-834-0664 or go to their website, Seamless Solutions, mn.com ask for billy i have trusted attorney brian aho for more than 10 years to work closely with me to resolve and eliminate debt for many of my personal and business clients aho law office is the go-to firm i choose because brian has always been caring and compassionate with my clients while tenaciously fighting to retain as much of their assets as possible while quickly eliminating their debt brian's extensive experience and knowledge of bankruptcy law and willingness to fight allow him to resolve challenges and cases that many attorneys won't. Don't let other attorneys learn on your dime. Rely on the experience of Aho Law Office to help you achieve relief from your creditors. Competent, compassionate legal advocates providing the clarity to protect tomorrow. For more information, call Brian and his staff at 612-271-4047 or email Brian directly at brian at office.com. Again, that number, 612-271-4047. Hi, I'm Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price. That is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at kim at kimnibo.com. Hi, this is Troy Danner of Danner's Cabinet Shop. My family has been building custom cabinets and countertops for homes in Minnesota for over 50 years. We still make the cabinets the way my grandpa did when he founded our company. My team of skilled craftsmen pride themselves on attention to detail and making sure every element of your project goes perfectly. 
Give me a call at 763-753-4002 or visit us online at dannerscabinets.com. Mike Overson here of Minnesota Home Talk. With today's housing market, buying a house is a competition. To win in a multiple offer situation, you have to work with a local lender who has the reputation of being 100% reliable. Come to the winning team. Get pre-approved for your loan by one of the top lenders in the nation, the Mike Overson Mortgage Team at Luminate Home Loans. We will help you win. Call me at 612-202-8321. That's Mike Overson at 612-202-8321 or go to applywithmike.com. Todd Rooker here to tell you about the most amazing jewelry store, Golden Treasures, on 805 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. I've known the owner, Todd Gimble, for almost 20 years now, and at Golden Treasures, not only do you get more for less, it's the experience that you and your special person will feel when you walk in the door. Todd truly puts his heart and soul into creating your experience, regardless of how much money you spend. This is Todd's customer for life philosophy. Take it from me, there really is no other jewelry store. You can't go wrong with Golden Treasures in St. Paul. 651-227-2711. That's 651-227-2711. Finding a good banker and CPA are like having a good doctor or mechanic. You cannot fully appreciate the value they represent until you're in a pinch and truly need them. However, that's not the time to go looking for one. Instead, you want to position and strategize well in advance for a favorable outcome. CPA Arliss Cleveland of Arliss Cleveland LTD is the CPA firm you've been looking for. As many of you already know, if you're looking for a great CPA, Arliss Cleveland gets my highest endorsement. Arliss Cleveland LTD has now formed a strategic relationship with Village Bank, conveniently located in the Village Bank building, located at 9298 Central Avenue North, Suite 412 Blaine, Minnesota. You can also find Arliss Cleveland LTD certified public accountants and consultants by going to accountingoffices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. That contact information again, accounting-offices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back, everybody. So, I am hosting with uh, president of Village Bank, Alicia Webb. They are an incredible bank built for entrepreneurs by an entrepreneur. And we have the luxury, uh, last Saturday of every month, to discuss the specifics of how to grow a business and utilizing a bank and a banker uh, to help you grow that business, access financing, plan expansion, and grow successfully. It's a big deal. Become a financial person. So what are, if you're a business owner, you're listening to this, you're considering some of the things we've said, Mm -hmm. which maybe you never have looked at your business as a saleable asset, but now maybe you have, just having listened to this, what are some of the questions that that person should be asking themselves, Alicia? I think first and foremost is, who are you going to sell the business to? What do they look like? What What do you think they have to have? Who's going to buy your business? I'd go meet with them and what are they looking for? I'd also, like we mentioned before, go out and pay for some advice, a broker, a CPA. Go talk to someone about what does it look like when someone's going to buy my business? Does my balance sheet look like when you look at industry standards, you know, two times book, three times revenue, would someone buy it? What would they buy it for? What would they see that's true in the revenue? You know, three-year rolling average. Um, what expenses are true to the business? And what do I need to do to clean this up a little? So someone actually is going to buy my business on the timeline that I want to or expect to. I'd also ask a banker, would you, would you finance that transaction? You know, my accountant said I can get $3 million for the business. 
Do I have three million of assets on this balance sheet to finance? What would that borrower have to look like? What would they have to bring to the table? Do you think an SBA loan would finance this business? You know, talk through that strategies of if you're going to have an earnout, seller back, car- seller carried financing. If you were going to get a straight up conventional loan, what does that need to look like? I think that's so important. And finally, a broker. You know, call calling up someone like you and saying. What do you see these transactions happen today? What do they look like? Are banks actually doing these? Um, is there enough liquidity in the market? Rates, all of that good stuff, just so you understand. Because if I can tell you it's going to be a 10 year and it's going to be at 5%, you can do the math. You'll know what the monthly payment is. You'll know if the company can afford it or not. What debt do you have on the company today that has to be acquired? Um, there's so many pieces, but you can actually start to frame out what that potential buyer's debt would look like, what they need to look like, what the income statement and balance sheet would need to do to support that. So someone would want to purchase the company. It would make sense. So, folks, when I listen to Alicia talk about that, I, I think about uh, a few categories that immediately I think of. And, you know, one of them may very well be, as we've discussed, a family member. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may also be employees. Maybe you're going to, maybe through an ESOP, you're going to have the employees become employee owned. Maybe they're going to do it. That's a whole long conversation about that. Yep. Uh, maybe you're, maybe you're thinking, and maybe you've always been thinking that whomever is going to buy the business is obviously already going to be in the business, meaning that you're assuming that your competition is going to want to buy you or somebody who is also a practitioner who understands and knows your business. But you have to realize something that's going to diminish the pool of people who want to buy your business. Mm-hmm. So so that that devalues it in unto itself just simply by a supply and demand thing, right? If, if there's more demand than there is supply, then that pushes up the value. If you're only going to be contending with buyers who are already in your business, well, then there's fewer of them, and then it's going to be looked at differently. The last one would be someone who has no interest in being a practitioner or ever actually doing the business. They're simply buying it as an investment, possibly not an active participant at all, and wants to simply know what's the ROI return on investment going to be to them as an investor owning that business. Mm -hmm. And frankly, that's the real one that you should be looking at because that's the one that gives you the greatest pool of buyers and everything else other than that, the first two, are probably going to be much better in terms of their value. So you got to consider those things. Yeah, you and I both know entrepreneurs and it's personal to them. So when they've got their son or daughter who's been, you know, sweeping floors and then went to college, doing the books and, you know, now selling to their clients, that's that's emotional. The thing, I, I feel the hardest for a lot of our entrepreneurs to wrap, um, you know, wrap their heads around is they're their kids. They love their kids or they're their management team. They love their management team. Do you love them enough to stay on as 100% personal guarantor for the five, seven, 10 year loan? And, and I mean that I sounds, you know, do you, of course you love them. Well, but think about that because now you're not there running it every day. Things start to change that maybe you wouldn't have changed or you never wanted to change, but they're running the company. Yep. They're personally guaranteeing it as well, but so are you. Uh-huh. So are you. And. You know, Todd, I mean, Don personally guarantees and I do. Who, who's guarantee are they going after? Right? Like, so these are the things that you have to start to think about because it's not as easy as, well, you know, I've banked with you for 15 years and hey, I don't need to be on there anymore. You do. And, and it's not because we don't think that your son that's been in the, being in the business for 10 years isn't going to kill it. We know he's going to be great. We've been telling you for years you got to do this. But, we still need that guarantee because we need to have some history that it works, and, right? And, and guys, why? Because it's dangerous. 
because because it it's dangerous. I mean, look, I, I work with businesses just like this who are who are doing this or attempting to do this. What's it like when you have employees with 20 plus years of experience and your young kid comes in who's got three years of experience and now they're going to start taking orders from this person? Do you think that creates a little animosity within the business? Do you think it's hard for that young person to rise to that position of power Mm -hmm. and be, uh, you know, and be confident in the, in the way that they make decisions? I mean, it's, this is not easy. That's why so few businesses survive the transition. That's why when I come across a business that's second or third generation, it's almost, I'll say it again, miraculous that it survived well it is but you know it's how there's so many pieces that you can put in place today to make sure it's going to be successful make sure there's positive equity on the balance sheet you know give that next generation whether it's leaders in the company or it's family give them a chance to lead give them a chance to fail give them a chance to build a new revenue line give them a chance to come in and you know cut expenses or use technology differently or you know job share whatever it might be but I think it's so important that confidence piece, right? Because a lot of entrepreneurs I know, they'll figure it out. They'll get it done. That's why they're able to take a couple more chances and be bolder. You need to give that next group of leaders the same opportunity to do that. Show them that there's risk, how you going to mitigate it, but like, you got this, go. That is so important for those experiences of failure and success to happen. And for others around, you know, the person that's been there for 25, 30 years to watch them fail and how do they pick themselves back up to watch them succeed and how, wow, I never thought that kid would do it and check that out, right? There's these pieces that have to happen. So yes, it's the numbers. Yes, it's all that. But at the end of the day, it's still about confidence, feelings, relationships, and people. Very good. We're going to come back and we're going to ask Alicia a question that I have been burning to ask. Oh, and that yeah. is, what what does a successful business owner look like in your experience? Mm-hmm. Uh, just to mm-hmm. give you a sense of, hey, how you might want to morph yourself into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be, we're going to take another break. We'll be right back. Hello, I'd like to talk with you about financial coaching. Traditional financial planners help you make decisions about stocks, bonds, and mutual funds with money you already have. That's great, but who helps you accumulate more money in the first place? Who helps you make day-by-day life decisions? Who isn't trying to sell you something? Like, should I go back to school? Am I wasting money on insurance? How to purchase and finance a car, boat, home, lake cabin, or investment property? How to start, manage, and sell a business? It's about making minor errors that become colossal mistakes and cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. The problem is that you're so busy pursuing your career that you're forced to make critical financial decisions that have a dramatic long-term effect on your finances without adequate research or information. Rooker Financial Coaching is like having a personal CFO for every decision. Don't waste time lamenting the bad decisions of the past or money that's run through your fingertips. Stop procrastinating. Call Rooker Financial Coaching, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Call me today, Todd Rooker, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. I have trusted attorney Brian Aho for more than 10 years to work closely with me to resolve and eliminate debt for many of my personal and business clients. Aho Law Office is the go-to firm I choose because Brian has always been caring and compassionate with my clients, while tenaciously fighting to retain as much of their assets as possible while quickly eliminating their debt. Brian's extensive experience and knowledge of bankruptcy law and willingness to fight allow him to resolve challenges and cases that many attorneys won't. Don't let other attorneys learn on your dime. Rely on the experience of Aho Law Office to help you achieve relief from your creditors. Competent, compassionate legal advocates providing the clarity to protect tomorrow. 
For more information, call Brian and his staff at 612-271-4047 or email Brian directly at brian at office.com. Again, that number, 612-271-4047. Todd Rooker here to tell you about the most amazing jewelry store, Golden Treasures on 805 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. I've known the owner, Todd Gimble, for almost 20 years now, and at Golden Treasures, not only do you get more for less, it's the experience that you and your special person will feel when you walk in the door. Todd truly puts his heart and soul into creating your experience regardless of how much money you spend. This is Todd's customer for life philosophy. Take it from me, there really is no other jewelry store. You can't go wrong with Golden Treasures in St. Paul. 651-227-2711. That's 651-227-2711. Are you looking for a bank that supports entrepreneurs like you? If you're searching for a bank to grow with you and your business, I would like to welcome you to our village, Village Bank. Hi, I'm Alicia Webb, President and Vice Chair of Village Bank. I'm honored to lead Village Bank, an entrepreneur's bank that was built by an entrepreneur and for entrepreneurs. Starting a business and then maintaining it requires mindset. It's important for business owners to realize that financial statements aren't just for their bankers and accountants. Knowing your numbers will help build the foundation for you and a healthy and successful business. You don't have to be a financial expert nor a banker, but you do need to understand a few key financial documents and metrics to make your business successful. Follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn or visit us at villagebankonline.com. It takes a village to accomplish your business goals. And be sure to tune in to cover your assets the last Saturday of every month to fill your entrepreneurial cup of ambition and start your Saturday off right with me, Alicia Webb, and our village, Village Bank. Fix Auto has been the collision repair leader in the Twin Cities for over 40 years. Hi, I'm Matt Feehan, second generation owner. Our mission at Fix Auto is to provide you with the simplest collision repair experience anywhere. If you're in an accident and you need help, my team is here and ready for you. You can find us on the web at fixautousa.com. That's fixautousa.com. We are Fix Auto, home of the WOW experience. Hi, I'm Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price. That is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at at Kim at KimNibo.com. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back, everybody. So, you know, we're, I, I left the break uh, letting you know that I'm going to pose a question to Alicia, and I'm just going to make a point that I think is, is relevant here. And that point is that if you've ever watched Shark Tank, and frankly, I'm a financial guy, so I don't know how you cannot watch that show. Mm-hmm. I think it's awesome. <laughs> the minute that somebody comes on to pitch their their business or their idea, if they explain that their background was in was in finance or was running investment funds or something, the way that that person is is perceived and the way they handle and approach that person is totally different mm-hmm. because they know that person is coming at it from a numbers perspective, not simply I have a great idea. You ever hear somebody say, "Yeah, I want a million dollars for twenty percent of my company," and they go, "Oh, so you believe your company's worth five million dollars?" Mm-hmm. And they look at them and go, "Huh?" That tells you how little people understand mm-hmm. the finance. Finances. So, what are the characteristics, Alicia, mm-hmm. when, that, when, that in your experience you've dealt with people who are successful, 
what are those things that you can point to to say these people, people, these are the consistent characteristics? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think consistency, right? Then, <laughs> like A, B, and C, consistency. They're setting a consistent direction. There's values, and the company know all the employees in the company know why they're doing it, what they're doing, and how they're going to do it. They're aligning the organization through that big bold goal. They talk about numbers weekly. Everyone knows how they contribute to just those three or four numbers. It doesn't need to be twenty. It's three or four numbers they mobilize their leaders like they let their leaders lead there's autonomy in that company the leaders own it they go to those leaders they're not just going to the one guy that started the company but there's leaders in the company that are all aligned i'd say that they're engaging and connecting with stakeholders who are the biggest clients who are the biggest uh people that are professionals in in the industry who's maybe doesn't have a title in the company but they're the know-it-all everyone goes to them for the opinion like they know how to connect with those folks with the stakeholders and finally it's like how are you going to manage yourself effectively right don't show up on a bad day how do you manage conversations um do you get enough sleep are you spending time talking to the right people are you getting to know your numbers to sell your company to an equity firm are you getting to know your numbers to sell your company to your kid there's so many you have to think about you and how you show up every day and then direction alignment leadership stakeholders those all fall into place it's such great information uh because even simple things like are you getting enough sleep oh yeah is, who showed up on a bad day you know Oof. i mean you see some of these business owners they look like they've been out on a bender for 10 years because they're so beaten up and so tired and mm-hmm. and and it's hard to be a, a, a race car without running race fuel through mm-hmm. your body. So that's an important thing. But I'll, I'll, I'll tell you something that I suspect you're going to agree with me. Mm-hmm. And it is this. When, when I want to discern if I have what I think is a good and effective business owner, even if, so, if it's someone whom I have to coach to the next level, mm-hmm. the first thing I do is go through their numbers with them and I stress test those numbers and I, and I'm, really asking them to defend those numbers. Mm. And I see many other financial people do the same thing. So what if this, what if this, what if this? So it's not enough to show up and have your balance sheet and your income statement. Mm-mm. That I want to know I want you to be able to prove to me that you know what's behind the numbers. Mm-hmm. And if something goes wrong, you know why this is this way, why this is that, what you'll do instead, how you'll shore things up. And if you can't do that, then you really don't know your numbers. And to me, that is so very telling about Mm -hmm. a business owner, Alicia. What Mm -hmm. do you think of that? Absolutely. I mean, you and I were discussing earlier a good CFO and what does that look like? A good controller, what does that look like? It's someone that can share the story, right? They understand the story. They can tell the whole story of the business, whether it's operations, whether it's finance, whether it's sales, just in those numbers they can tell it through and they're they're also always tweaking for you know for rolling three-year rolling this is where we're at we want to be here or by adding this person this line of budget this line of business widget service we anticipate a 30 percent growth here with only 10 percent increase in our expenses right it's it's walking through the receivable list not just saying oh i got you know x over 90 days or x under 90 days it's saying this is where we're at this is where we're at today and this is why you're you're proving my point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> it's you know, exactly and right. they don't. They my the, my fa- most favorite CFOs that I've worked with. I got three: one woman, two men in particular. They all are storytellers. They know the numbers inside out. They could, but they're storytellers. They tell the story of the financials. But you know, guys, even if 
you have grown your business to a point where you have a controller, you have a CFO, you have to be able to speak the language. Because remember, at the yes. end of the day, mm-hmm. you're the decision maker. Mm-hmm. And they're, they are, in essence, your MIS, mm-hmm. Management Information Systems. They're bringing you information, which you undoubtedly are getting from all of the different departments. And then you're asked to make that decision with that information. Yeah. If you don't speak that financial language, you're going to have a hard time disseminating that information and its value and importance to the decision. So let me be clear. You don't need a controller CFO. You can pay an accountant. You can pay a bookkeeper, but tell them what you need. So for instance, I'm going to hire someone. Why? Why do we need to hire someone? What's the number? What's the metric behind it? Um, Sales were down. Why? Share the metric with me. There should be a metric for every single decision that you make at your company, and your CFO should tell you what it is and why. And what it means. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good conversation. That's important. We need to talk about that more. I, 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 there's so many things we could jump off here on this show, and I and mm-hmm. I, we're going to do it. There's no question. Don't, don't miss these shows. Last Saturday of every month, these are truly master's classes for mm-hmm. business owners who want to grow. We want to help you do that. So reach out to myself or... Or Alicia with questions that you'd like to have answered. Maybe maybe on the next show, if you'd like mm-hmm. us to do that. Just shoot us an email, go to Facebook, go to LinkedIn, and you can send us your questions. Connect directly if you have any specific questions about Village Bank in particular. Can we help you at Village Bank? Uh, Village Bank is a, an incredible bank. I use it for many of my clients, and I cannot tell you how useful it is to have a bank that makes decisions by committee and relationship. Uh, from here on out, Keep joining us. Last Saturday of every month this year, 2022, tune into our conversations July 30th to continue our master's class. That's going to be our next show, business financing series with a discussion on how banking advisors can help you make a plan for success. Remember something, bankers an integral part to the growth. Mm-hmm. Their perspective is utterly imperative that you understand it and have it. So, again... Uh, if you want to find us, you can go to Village Bank Online, www.villagebankonline.bank, and you can go to hashtag, hashtag WYT yes. or follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook. Yes. Thanks for having me. Yes, for happy 4th of July. Happy Independence, Todd. Yes. <laughs> it's yes. coming up. Bye. Yes. Have a great week, everybody. Bye bye. Hi, I'm Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price. That is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at kim at kimnibo.com. This has been a paid program. The views expressed were not necessarily those of the management or ownership of KSTPAM 1500 ESPN.